unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. My mandate today is going to come from a reading in 1 John chapter 4. And I'm going to talk about or teach about designing of the spirits. Okay, Designing of the spirits. I did not say designing of the spirit. I said designing of spirits. Designing of the spirits or designing of spirits. Right? Because we have people whose destinies have gone off course because they do not know how to design spirits. We have people whose marriages are on the rocks or have failed totally because they do not design spirits. We have people who are in the wrong careers, in the wrong ministries, going the wrong course, invested in the wrong businesses, trading with the wrong people. Why? Because we cannot design spirits. We have people whose careers are going to get destroyed or have been destroyed, who have lost a lot of money. We have people who have wasted a lot of time that might not be redeemed because of designing of spirits. And so today, I want to take you through a conversation to understand what does it mean to design spirits? And what is the space or place of a Christian in this understanding of designing of spirits? First John chapter 4, verses 1 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Test every spirit. Try every spirit because many prophets have gone out in the world. The wisdom of God is whatever spirit that comes before you, whatever spirit that communicates to you, whatever spirit that relates to you, God has told you, don't first believe it. That's an instruction from heaven. So you're not wrong to first believe everything. In fact, it is to be gullible spiritually, that every spirit that comes to you, you believe. That shows that you're still immature in the way of the spirit. That means that you are weak in the order of discernment. And many a time people like that are easily destroyed, dissuaded, or punished. God says, whatever comes to you, he says, first test it. Why? because he has given you the person and the way to test it. 
I'll explain that a bit later. When you look at Genesis chapter 3, verses 5, the serpent comes to Eve and Adam, and he sells a preposition. Eat of this fruit. And then the man says, no, God told us not to eat of this fruit. And then the serpent says, no, but God doth know that the day that you shall eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened and you shall be like God, able to discern or to know what is good and what is evil. And what happens? Adam and Eve what? Eat that fruit. Because the first man was not given the power to discern. It was not in the will and way of the first man to discern. If you go back to the nature in which man was created, Genesis 2.7, the Bible says, out of the ground, he formed man and breathed into him the breath of life. And that man became a what? A living soul. When Paul designs that first man to give the difference between that man and the second one, he says, how be it that which was first was not spiritual, but natural, and then that which is spiritual came. That means that the first man was not spiritual. He was natural. He was carnal. The spirit in him was inactive. The activation of that spirit comes at the new birth, regeneration. Are you following what I'm saying? So he was not in that first man to be able to what? To design. That is why people like David, he can kill Uriah and take over his wife Bathsheba and he has no conviction in his heart that he has killed another woman's husband. Why? Because it was not in him to design that. He was not a new creation, even though he was exclusively anointed by God for some sort of purpose. In the Old Testament dispensation, the spirit in men was inactive. The soul was the most active of them. That's why the Bible calls them natural, carnal. The Bible says that the first Adam, he was a normal, carnal, natural fellow. He was a living soul. Living soul. The Bible calls him a living soul. The second man, the Bible says, which is Jesus Christ, is a life-giving spirit. He's a quickening spirit. You following? This one was just living according to the life God had breathed in him. The first one was a living soul. The second one, a living what? Spirit. So for whatever function we had of the judge or the prophet or the king, whatever man or woman God had raised in the Old Testament dispensation, they only could function as the Spirit of God came upon them to perform. And then after that, they would stand no more. You would only come within them to perform a particular task or to fulfill a specific purpose of God, but they did not have the experience of the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. Even for those you read about and say, oh, for I shall fill him with my spirit, or that so-and-so was filled with the Spirit of God. Huh? Like uh, I was talking about Bezalel or Daniel. When you study the original rendering, is that they were constantly prompted to perform by the Spirit. You see, that doesn't mean that they had an experience of the indwelling person of the Holy Spirit. So that kind of man has no ability or place to judge. That's why God cannot give that kind of instruction of 1 John chapter 4 to a man who is not born again. 
the carnal man, the Bible says, cannot receive nor design the things of the Spirit for their foolishness to him. He cannot design them. He knoweth them not. So when the serpent brings this, they don't know whether it's God speaking or some other thing, and then they receive it. And that's the consequence of every trouble and struggle, every evil, every trial, every testation that you have seen in humanity, including death, which is the worst sting. Men die today because one man and woman were not designing. So you must understand that not being able to design can change the course of your life forever for destruction. And designing right also can affect the course of your life forever for good. So goes life. Somebody shout hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? So in this instance, when John is teaching, they had something, they had an issue that he was addressing. When John is writing here, he's addressing one specific challenge of the many challenges that come in a place wherever there's no discernment. So in this instance, false prophets had arisen in the time of John and he wanted to bring a balance according to truth. And he said, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus is come in the flesh is not of God. And that is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come. And even now already it is in the world. So in that time, John was trying to help the church design. How do we know that the man or woman functioning on the altar is of the Spirit of God or not. It's not just in the sentence of the confession that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh because that confession alone is not a complete one for all men are in the flesh. The completion of that confession is the purpose or assignment for which this Jesus comes in the flesh to seek and save the lost. He came to die for our sins, the propitiation of our sins and not only for us who believe but for the whole world. The Bible calls him the perfect sacrifice. So when a man says that Jesus died and he was raised from the dead to give life to all that should believe him and they are given a right to become sons and daughters of God, he says no man can say that except by the Spirit of God. Are you following? Now, you find a believer who says, but there are men who say it, but they are sent from Satan. And I'm telling them, one of you has to be true. Either the Word of God has to be true or you. What is true? If the Bible says that no man can say that except by the Spirit of God, then you must have another reality of truth where it's right in your realm, but not in the place of Scripture. Are we following? If God says you can't say that Jesus is Lord except by my Spirit, and then someone says, but there are people I know who say Jesus is Lord, but they are of the devil. Then you have invented your own what? Revelation of how God designs and therefore whatever is functioning on your life is not actually of God. Are you following sense? Because if it's of God, you would know that if he has said that no man can say, no man can say. Are you following what I'm saying? It's like I tell people that it troubles me greatly whether some of you have taken time to study of ministers who teach and do all of these kinds of things but will not make an altar call. Are you following? 
How or why would you fill a whole stadium of people and not invite men to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? What are you representing? Some do it in ignorance, honest ignorance, and they just need correction. But some honestly do it under some spirit, which is deliberate. You see what I'm saying? There is no power as strong in this world as the confession of a sinner to Christ. Heaven does not do a party because a dead man was raised. Heaven does not celebrate because a lame man walked. Heaven does not celebrate because a blind eye saw or that you got that breakthrough and your house was given back or your debt was paid or you won a million dollars. The Bible says that there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. One sinner. Are you following the power of that? That means regardless of whatever happens in the ministry, the most fundamental thing that should be done in every ministry is the repentance of a sinner to turn to the Lord. There is nothing close to that. And then somebody tells you, oh, you know, they went to this church and then, you know, as people are receiving Christ, they're putting other spirits in them. How sick can you be? Put yourself in God's shoes. Can a man come with an honest heart and they are coming to receive the Lordship of Jesus and then Satan comes and then enters that person at the space of receiving the Lordship of Jesus. Do you know how jealous God is? Some of you need to understand how jealous God is. Do you know how jealous God is? God is so jealous. And when a man opens their heart, the Bible says, with the heart a man believes and confession is made unto salvation. When that man confesses with his mouth as he has believed in his heart, there is no demon in hell that can enter that man. It's not possible. Even if you are God, and your son is saying, Father, come into my heart. And then you just step back like this. But because the preacher is demonic. Some of you should understand how God works. You understand? No man can do that except by the Spirit of God. Don't be deceived. That's why I am very protective of any ministry that makes an altar call. I'm very protective. You can bring all you want. But once I find a ministry that can lead a man to the saving knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, I'll fight for that man. I don't care what's with him. Why? Because his door is still open by God to invite a sinner to heaven. There is no such joy. There is no such joy that heaven has. That is why every time we preach the gospel, we make an altar call. Like I said, some do it in ignorance. Some are deliberate. Those who do it in ignorance, they later change it. Those who are functioning by some other spirit, then it's evident because how or why would you do that kind of meeting and not do that for heaven? I mean, don't bring joy to heaven. Some of you don't know why Fanero grows. It grows because we make heaven happy every day. Fanero grows because every day we bring joy to heaven. Somebody shout hallelujah. Shout glory to God. This is what John was trying to say here. But anyway, deeper than that, when we get in scripture, I've seen examples upon examples of lives that have been affected, destinies that have been frustrated, ways that have been, you know, delusioned because people do not understand how to discern spirits. 
He has told you, don't first believe everything. Prove it. Prove it. And how do you prove it? How do you design it? Is a fundamental question. I always tell people, you should know what God has given you. Because see, you are a spirit man, isn't it? You're not like Adam and Eve now. You have a spirit who leads you and instructs you. But what is the primary ministry of the spirit? The primary ministry of the spirit is to lead you into all truth. Have you not read it? When Jesus was promising, he says when the spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that he shall speak and he will show you things to come. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is to show you all truth. Isn't it? Teach you, remind you, but show you all truth. So if the spirit is a revealer of truth, okay, that means that everything the spirit will use for your discernment is going to be scriptural. Jesus in speech says that the words that I speak to you they are spirit and they are what? Life. They are spirit and they are life. Every word spoken of the Father through Jesus came to give you life. Hallelujah. It came to give you life and not destruction. So anything besides the truth is a destroyer of life. That is why the Spirit of God comes to give you truth. You will know the truth and the truth shall make you what? free. Are you following? Nothing by conviction comes through the person of the Holy Spirit without reference to the Word. Nothing. The Bible says the Word and the Spirit are one. They agree. The Word and the Spirit agree. They are in agreement. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. They are in agreement. They don't conflict each other. There will never be a day where the Holy Spirit is telling you to do or say or act against the word of truth. That's how we know that we are designing right because he has given us the person indwelling through the Holy Spirit and the weapon or the tool through the word. Everything that comes to you, weigh it against the truth. But what does the word say? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I tell people, this is something I can even defend before God. That God, your word said this. And so I chose to go this way or design this way because I followed your word. If I interpreted it in ignorance, then at least then there should be grace because it was in ignorance, but not the deliberate heart in me to disobey or rebel against the way. But this is the truth. You are safer where truth is. Tell anybody you are safer where the word is. You're safer where the word is. You might not know what is true. You might not know, but at least always find yourself agreeable with the word because the person of the Holy Spirit can only function in the ambits of that realm. Why do I say, or why do I emphasize this? Because I've seen people who design in quotes, without the aid of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Are you following what I'm saying? I've seen people who do that all the time. Oh, they come and tell you, for example, and say, um, Sister Mariam, 
is a thief. What? They thief? Yes. I can't believe it. Maybe you're basing on the credibility of who has told you. But God says, even with that, don't. Maybe the person who has given you that information about Miriam is actually a very well-meaning person and you don't know them for lying. Still don't. Because it's not enough for somebody to say. What does your spirit say? Is this sister a thief? What does the word of God say? If they're a thief. Also, let me ask you. Did you talk to this sister about it? No. What does the word say we should do? The word says you should call this sister and tell them. And then somebody says, oh no, I'm not going to tell them. But I heard that they're a thief. Are we still functioning under the word? No. Okay, let's just say she's a thief. Are you true? No. You see what I'm saying? Oh, this brother, we are told that uh, he drinks this and then takes that and then he comes in the church and messes it up. Did you approach this brother to confirm the reports? No. And then somebody says, I was not led by the Spirit to confront them. But the Bible says if you see a brother sin, what are you supposed to do? Hey, what are you supposed to do? Yes, the Bible says go give them life. Go restore them if you see a brother who has been overtaken by trespass. Tell him his fault, the Bible says, you which are spiritual. Restore such a man in the spirit of gentleness. Lest you yourselves be what? Tempted. That is what the Spirit says. That go to the brother and what? And someone says, no, no, I'm not led by the Holy Spirit. But uh, so you were led by the Holy Spirit to tell me about this brother's fault. Yet you were not led by the Spirit, the very Spirit, to restore. And then you want to tell me, if you're talking to me, that I do not design that. I will design it. And I will ask you a question. Did you talk to this brother? And you said, no, I tell you, you know what? God tell this brother. Or if I go tell them, I'm going to tell them it's you who told me. When you say that, now that's why I didn't want to tell you. That's, that's why I didn't want to tell you. Oh, no, 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 no. So you wanted me to also get onto the chain of gossip and slander? Is gossip and slander spiritual? No, this is not gossip. I was actually speaking in love. Now, if you are speaking in love, then you should not have done this because there are principles that govern speaking in love. The love I know covers a multitude of sins. It doesn't come to report. It tries to restore that person. Come to me and say, Apostle Grace, I sat this brother once and we failed. Now I'm calling you as a second witness. Let us sit and discuss this issue. Oh, that's what the Spirit would say. That means you mean right. But up to today, someone has heard me say this someone. And tomorrow you're going to sit in a conversation of gossip and slander against the sister. And you're still going to choose the way of darkness. You have heard it today. It was in this sermon. You have heard the sermon. You've even said amen. You're going to go over lunch right now and do the same. Are you following what I'm saying? Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Truth, the word, is the most important aspect. So in scripture, I want to show you a typical example 
how we use the word to design a spirit. The Bible tells us that the word of God is quick and active. It is sharp as a two-edged word, sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a designer. The Bible calls him the designer of thoughts and intents. For he says, for neither is any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked, open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The Amplified uses the word defenseless. All things are naked and defenseless. Before the word of God, all things are, if you say this person is this, we just bring the word. It will help us design. If you say that this person is a liar, we just bring the word, it will help us design. If you say that this person is a devil worshiper, we bring the word, it will help us design. God has given us the tool of discernment. Don't invent your own. A prophet is not a designer above the word. An apostle is not a designer above the word. Your pastor is not a designer above the word. The greatest teacher in the world is not a designer above the word. The word of God takes precedence and then any other office comes. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll give you a typical example of Peter. Peter was a good man. He loved our Lord Jesus. You can see by how one time when Jesus arrested, he cuts off the ear of a guy and tells him, you can't take this guy when I'm alive. Are you following what I'm saying? But before that, Jesus tells them, you know, the Son of God must suffer under the hands of sinners and he must be given in to be killed and raised again on the third day. And the Bible says, Peter took Jesus on the side and rebuked him. He's rebuking who? His master. <laughs> the irony. He told us not to confess negatively. You taught it. You said that you are alive, you can't die. He told it, be it far from thee, Lord. This shall not happen unto thee. And as Peter spoke, he turned and said to Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. For you are an offense to me. For thou serest not the things that be of God, but those things that be of men. Whoa, we just discovered that day that in the most or deepest expression of love, a devil was speaking over a man. Peter had another spirit operating on his life and it appeared in the name of love. I cannot tell you how many people have functioned under that spirit in the name of love. I've seen women mislead their husbands in the name of love. I've seen husbands mislead their wives in the name of love. I've seen parents mislead their children in the name of love. Speaking and functioning out of the influence and power or inspiration of the person of the Holy Spirit, but some other spirit, but they're doing it all in love, in the name of love. Because some of us need to understand love from the revelation of God. Whoever knew that at that particular point, a demon had entered Peter. And just a few days later, they hold the man, and Peter remembers. He gets a knife and what? 
cuts a man's ear off. He's still fighting for the God. So maybe, just maybe, if I get this right, that demon didn't live that day. Why is it still fighting where the will of God was? I think it stayed on Peter for a long time, but he did not know. But on the same man, God was building the gospel. Are you following what I'm saying? Some things have come through the deepest expression of love, yet they are entirely a work of Satan. And only a man with discernment can tell it, especially when it comes hidden through love. But because Jesus is the word of God that is come in the flesh, he can discern that this thing speaking on this man is not God, but Satan. How many people have spoken to you and Satan was speaking and you did not know because perhaps they looked right. They appeared right. They intended right. They looked like they loved you and they were feeling sorry for you. They pitied you. They didn't want you to be lost. But they were not speaking from God. So I want to use the word as a designer to help us design an experience that happened in human history. Biblical. Job, as all of us know the story, was a man who loved God. The Bible says he was the richest, greatest man in the East. He had sheep, he had camels, he had oxen and donkeys and everything. He was a wealthy man by all standards. He was a man of wisdom and greatness. Everybody admired the anointing that was working on Job. To a point where Satan is moving to and fro, God has a conversation with him and God has to boast over him. Have you considered my servant Job, for there is none like him on the earth, a perfect man and an upright one who feareth God and eschewest evil. God is literally boasting over Job for being perfect. Satan doesn't argue. He agrees and says, does this guy fear you for nothing? Touch all he has and you'll see he will curse you. Then his children are killed. God allows it. His animals are taken. God allows it. And Job does not denounce God. And Satan says, okay, one more thing. Let's get this guy sick. Then God says, okay, you can have his flesh. But he warned him and told him, but save his life. Because Satan can go only as far as God would let did you hear what I just said? Satan can only go as far as God would let. There are places God can say no. You will not touch that life. And I see somebody who thinks they are going to die, but they can't die. Because the hand of God says, mm -mm, not, not this far. These have allowed for a test not to destroy this fellow. Anyway, then boils hit him. Oh, Bible says in all of these things, he did not judge God foolishly. So the journey of struggle happened. Even at one point, his wife told him, why don't you cast God and die? But he has three friends, great friends, that loved him, were with him all through in his life, and they were disturbed. It was Eliphaz, the Temanite, Bildad, the Shuhite, and Zophar, the Mount Namathite. These men 
came to mourn with Job. They loved him. And if they're close friends to a man who is great, they must have had some sort of next to great kind of status and influence in the East. They were not small men. They too knew God and understood his oracles. So every man comes and gives an opinion. They all give an opinion about what this thing that has befallen Job means. And then, in one of those is Eliphaz. Eliphaz tells Job, if you will read in the fourth chapter, and I'm going to be quoting from the Amplified Version, Eliphaz starts to give his points and says, Job, I believe that an innocent man cannot perish. I believe that if a man is upright and has right standing with God, that man cannot be cut off. With what we see with you, these diseases, the death of your children, the death of your animals, there must have been something you have done to God. Isn't that quite contrary? It is contrary. Why? Because God boasts over this man that he's upright, he is perfect, he feareth him, and he escheweth evil. Even when all this befell him, the Bible says Job did not judge God foolishly. Are you following what I'm saying? But this man is saying, mm -mm. God cannot just destroy you. He says, I as myself have seen those who ply iniquity and sow trouble and mischief reap the same. Job, you must have done something. Are you following what I'm saying? You must have done something. And can I tell you something that shocks me? See, when you go back to the end of this thing, and I'm going to go back to the end first to help some of you who don't know the end of this story. All the three friends of Job were wrong about God and Job's issues. That's why in the end, God calls him and tells him, pray for your friends. My wrath has been kindled. Just pray for them that I might forgive them. And when I forgive them, I will restore you. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, pray for your what? For your friends. Those who judged you wrong, judged the issues wrong, judged my heart wrong. It was so that after the Lord had spoken these words unto Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz the Temanite, my wrath is kindled against thee and against thy two friends, for you've not spoken of me, the thing which is right as my servant Job has. God became angry with Eliphaz after this speech. I see people sometimes caught what Zeliphaz said and they use them for doctrine. And they say, it is the word of the Lord. Did you understand what I said? I see people quote some of the wrong words these men spoke to Job and they quote them for truth and doctrine to fit their own context. And some of these things these people quote are actually the very things that brought wrath to the heart of God because they did not reveal who God was. Why? Because it's all bracketed in this one idea that everything in the Bible is the word of God, but Satan speaks too in Scripture. Are you following what I'm saying? So you must understand that not everything written in Scripture was spoken of God. The general sum of everything written if revealed by divine counsel, that's what becomes the word of God through divine counsel. 
But if it's not through divine counsel, not everything written in there, you're supposed to call the Word of God. Are you following what I'm saying? So anyway, back to the story. So Eliphaz is convinced that Job must have done something. And he's pressing him on the wall for that. But he has a foundation and a basis of this reality. What is that foundation and basis? Verses 12. Now this is Eliphaz speaking to Job. He says, And now a thing was secretly brought to me, and my ear received a whisper of it. There are people who, even the way they sound, they talk like God. So if you find the gullible and weak, if you speak in a small voice, that's not God. But you see, in our drama in the church, there's something I call the God face, eh, the God voice. Because mostly, the most deceptive ministers I know in the world have learned to create that God face and voice. Some of you don't know it. Have you been in church where somebody does something like... <sighs> somebody, uh, I feel... So that cringing of the face, eh? And a few lines, eh? Surely, how can it not be God? If you don't want people to connect, eh? If you say, um, I feel the presence of God, I see. People say, nah, it ain't like that. So many people have learned the God face and the God voice. Years ago, I read a book of a dear lady who was teaching about the godly voice. She called it the heavenly voice that some people, when the anointing increases, they have a godly voice. And then she described it as a deep voice. Now I understood why in every movie you have watched when God is speaking, he has to speak in that deep baritone, that deep bass. That's when God is speaking. Moses, 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 Samuel, Samuel. Yeah, it sounds heavenly. Moses, it sounds heavenly. Imagine if God was Moses, Moses. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? People would say, mm, what spirit is that? So he has to say, my son. Then you say, hmm. So for those of us who are not really gifted with very deep voices, we have a problem when God is speaking because we have to speak in that deep voice. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's not true. What does the Bible say? The Bible says he created them male and female, created he in his own image and likeness. That means God speaks like a man and a woman. Otherwise, women would not be able to be used as a voice of God. If God had spoken the way he spoke to Elijah to them, they would not have heard him because the Bible says he came in a still Small voice. What are you doing here? Not, what are you doing here, Elijah? No, it's, what 
speaks like my mother bit maybe so do you know because you have been living a delusional life for the years you remember you have a wrong image and interpretation of the voice of God he has to come that way so even when Satan is coming he just says I am your God I know many deep voices that don't have an ounce of God But they have to create it. Why? Because in the old Eastern culture, cultures were patriarchal. That's why they would count 5,000 men without women. Because that's the culture of the Eastern. They never considered women as something useful. So every picture has to come through that. How many Greek gods were female? How many were female? And how many were male? You see? Because it was patriarchal. Eastern religion. Western, they think like that. Cultures, I mean the archaic, the old ones, the newer ones have advanced. You see what I'm saying? So everything has to come through that kind of picture. So if you watch that Jesus movie, you see what I'm saying? You would hardly find Jesus talking like, let the little children come to me, for to them belongs the kingdom. You'd expect, let the little children come to me, because to them, belongs the kingdom of God. The angels are ever present. Hmm, sounds like Jesus. You see? So, Eliphaz, I believe, must have had a, a spiritual voice. Now, if you study the opening sentences, eh, the vocabulary alone really looks like a man who is connected to the deepest spaces of divine oracle. Are you following what I'm saying? I mean, because if a guy comes in the church and then adjusts his glasses like, I've been on a mountain for a hundred days. Hey, some people already stand up. <laughs> speak, man of God, speak. God. Now, listen, listen to just even the way these words were arranged. Now, imagine a leaf as it's speaking like this. Now, a thing was secretly brought to me, and my ear received a whisper of it. And in the thoughts from the visions of the night, when deep sleep falls on men, fear came upon me. Mashada, Zika, Zika, Zika virus. You understand? Fear came upon me, and trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Then a spirit passed before my face, and the hair of my flesh stood up. Makata Zokoto. Woo! Ha! Everybody would be like, mm, this is God. So Nifa says, then a spirit passed before my face, and the hair stood. And then the spirit stood still, but I could not discern the appearance. It was in a form like before my eyes, but there was silence. And then I heard the voice saying, can a mortal man be just before God or be more right than he is? Can a man be pure before his maker or be cleansed than he is? my goodness this God speaking but it wasn't God it wasn't God then he says even in his heavenly servants 
He puts no trust or confidence and his angels he charges with folly and error. How much more those who dwell in houses, bodies of clay, whose foundations are in the dust, who are crushed like the moth. Between morning and evening they are destroyed without anyone noticing that they perish forever. Is it not their tent caught plucked upon within them so that the tent falls and they do not die and that without acquiring wisdom. I mean, this is a man speaking from God. But in there, if you study very keenly, he is telling Job that I had a spirit encounter. This is where I'm coming from. I had an encounter of a being that appeared to me. And in my visions of the night, my ear caught it. And this man comes before me, fear comes before me and I'm trembling and my bones are shaking and the spirit stood still but I could not design the appearance. Underline the word designing. Imagine the spirit communicating to him, he cannot design its appearance but he still believes it. He cannot design its appearance but he believes it. It's in a dream. And I tell people that, you see, when you understand the fundamentals of dream interpretation, many of you will be so amazed that many of the teachings of dream interpretation in present church of Jesus Christ are demonic. They are from hell. They are not interpreted against the spirit of truth. Many of you, because you don't know the difference. You think that everybody who interprets dream, because why? I tell people, Satan has mastered the art of bringing complexities as of to throw the last of demystifying the unknown. Because if it comes in such great depth, quote and unquote, then in its own, it ought to be true because it's sort of hidden from the natural designer. And because of that then, like Paul says, he says, I fear, lest by any means as a serpent beguiled Eve, through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity which is in Christ. And sometimes these complexities, these ambiguities, these things of language that we are trying to demystify because they seem hidden and are right and agreeable with our realities, many a time in their own complexities actually is total corruption. But we're a generation that does not tell the difference because sometimes it's as deep as it's articulate. It's as deep as it rhymes. It's as deep as it agrees with a man's realities or present circumstance, but without any bearing or justification through scripture. Let me explain what I mean, because some of you might not understand this. A person is not deep because they speak deep things. A person is deep because in the depth of the things he speaks, the simplicity of Christ is revealed. Did you understand what I just said? In his depth or her depth, the simplicity of Christ must be revealed. So the gospel you were supposed to live simply has become a complicated one. Some of you are studying every demon spirit there is in the world. There are people who are just like that. They're studying every demon spirit which is in the world. I mean, if even Jesus one time approached a man and tells him, which spirit are you? And the man says, we are legion. We are many. We don't want to waste your time introducing ourselves by name. You'll sleep here. But some of you go for conferences where they teach you every demon spirit. Kaula Nampa Wengwa. This man Namukasa. You understand? Like, you want to know what every spirit does, how it does it, which day does it. Mama, mama, mama. If you were taught those things, you'll see a demon spirit in everything you do. If you've understood it, shout amen.
And some, some of you live that way. And then what is supposed to be simple is complicated because you need to break every spirit one at a go by name. Those of you who have been in those deliverance things for years, you find a woman, she has been praying for like 30 years. She's breaking things. At every day she discovers a new one. Some people are stars in those things. It's the same thing with people. Somebody writes a book of 200 pages of how to interpret dreams. And then you start to read some of the references that are made and they don't coincide with the principles of dream interpretation scriptures. And those are the things you guys are reading. You're like these Indian men who walk with, you know, they tie those white clothes on their heads and they go shop to shop interpreting dreams. If you ask some of those Indian men and meet many of our Christian pastors, they're exactly interpreting the same thing. If you dream meat, you are going to die. How? You people. For example, one fundamental principle of interpreting dreams, it says the dream comes with its meaning. You cannot interpret anything far from the meaning. One time I was sent a video of a young prophet very accurate guy. I saw he prophesied the woman's genealogy like generations before from 1800s and read all the names of her great-grandfathers and grandmothers up to where she is. Even people she never met. This guy could read phone numbers, ages, dates of births, what names of his cousins. I mean, he's accurate. He's an accurate fellow. And then he started teaching about dream interpretation. And then this guy said, for example, if you dream about a mango, you are eating a mango, you are walking with a mango. <laughs> the man said, it means that you are going somewhere. Man, go, mango. <laughs> I said, what? Do you know what slapped everything out of me? every understanding this is why that such a simple dream which even scripture could justify because mango within scripture represents fruit common sense it means fruit and we cannot have fruit without understanding the principle of seed and then when we understand fruit as a principle of seed, we understand the spirit of multiplication. God is speaking to this individual about the power of bearing fruit of some sort of seed that has been planted and eating it is a direct translation of enjoying the fruit of their seed or labor or something. These are scripture. Man, go. You are going somewhere. If you dream a cat, cow, oh, that's a bad spirit. And some, some of you, you must understand how it works. You must understand how it works. Interpret everything according to scripture. Because you have reference. But some of you, the dreams don't even come with their very original meaning. And one guy told me an interpretation of a dream some man of God gave him. I said, now, this is why people die. I'm telling you, this happened and I gave it as a story. I met a lady, she had a dream. She was on a wedding day, putting on a gown, and then her man was supposed to show up and that man did not turn up. And then she goes to a man of God to interpret that dream. And the man of God told her, that means you're going to die in three years. 
true story. She was a sister of a church member here. She understood it, started preparing her way, got cancer the next year. On the third year, I meet her. She was in a stage four terminal cancer. And I prayed for this woman. And the Spirit of the Lord told me, you cannot change. Her heart is made up. She believed the lie. So I called the sister. I said, what's wrong? Why would this woman heal? What happened? Who opened this? She tells me, oh, her pastor told her she was going to die in three years. And I asked, so how does a woman appearing on a wedding dress without a husband have to do with death? That dream represents differently. It has another meaning. Because there are many women in this room who have dreamt on a wedding and the man is not there. You're not dead yet. Because it's not about death. But a woman died. They buried her a few months later. And some of you, you have not even stopped there. You have every kind of prophet around you. Every kind of man of God that can see. Let me tell you, this is a disclaimer. Ask those who know me in my primal years. That's all I used to do. I just used to go home and pick things. I enter a house. You know, one time one of our members took me to a home. I looked at a woman and I said, what's in the corner of that city? Oh, you know, I put things, get them out. You know, we burn them. But people don't change. They're the same old poor, broke, beggarly, sickly, indifferent folk. I went to homes. I prayed. God showed us witchcraft. Dig there. They dig there. Get it. I have that anointing. It's there. It's in my spirit. I can see. You dig this out of your bed. Go get this out of your chair. Get this out of your... And people say, oh, Bananga, there's this young boy. If you find you have a problem, go to him. And then you'll get those things that they've sent to destroy you. And trust me, that was the life that I lived in. My primal years of ministry. Primal years of ministry. That's all I used to do. I see witchcraft. And the demon starts manifesting. But the person is not transformed. One time I went to a house and I was disturbed because I saw too much witchcraft. And I wrote pieces of scripture on the paper. I gave it to him. I told him, take it to that woman. She's called Naro. Because I took them to him. I told him, bury them in your ground. She buried those scriptures in her ground and every witchcraft came out not being dug. So don't joke with me. I've gotten witchcraft without digging out of the ground. Everywhere witchcraft was planted on that land, it came out on its own without anyone digging it. That's power. So I know what I'm talking about. Don't think that when we teach, we cannot function. We do. But let me tell you something. We got that witchcraft out of that home and now we stayed the same. Except that the only thing is her children didn't die as they had promised the witch doctors. In fact, I even told her in a September date, all of them are going to run mad. All the three people who had planted that witchcraft, all of them collected themselves in one home and ran mad in one day. That is power. They called us and told us all of them are mad. They are all here. And they're also, I'm the one who planted this. You are the one who planted that. Ooh, ooh, ooh. They didn't even know their way back home. It's a function there. I know it. They left. I warned them. The village was changed. People feared me. But Nalongo's house. So I was disturbed by it. I said, God, why aren't I seeing this? Then he told me, because you're teaching people to deal with things they're supposed to live above. I remember one time I had a relative. She tried to build her house, it failed. 
She took me for a cup of tea at her home. I said, take me to come. I went with her. Went in the next room. I told her, dig here. Is witchcraft here. She dug. She says, I even got some people one time doing things here. It was there. So the Lord told me the issue is not what they can put to stagnate a man's building project. The question is, why is it that even the one greater living in that woman than that which is in the world can be subjected to the work of witchcraft and it works? That was the fundamental question. Because we had not taught men to live above what? Witchcraft. These days, even when I enter a house, unless God tells me so, but sometimes I enter and I see, and my spirit tells me, but you're here. All the consequences of those works have been annulled. They don't need to break their tiles. They don't need to break their tiles. And some people think that some of us who do that are babies or we don't see. You're joking. You're joking. I can even call out a spirit now in this room and it manifests. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because we understand who we are spiritually. Don't be mistaken. Haven't you seen them scream even before I say anything? We do. We have that power. But God told me we were not teaching men to live above these things. As the Bible says, you're seated above all principalities, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name that is named not only in this world, but also that which is to come. What has what they buried in the ground got to have on you? That became my message. That became my message. My message is, greater is he which is in you than he which is in the world. You are seated above all this nonsense. Let them put it in your car. You will drive it and land in peace. Let them plant it in your garden. It will become manure and grow the plants it's supposed to grow. Somebody shout hallelujah. God told me, teach men to live above where they belong. Oh, I've been delivered today. They had planted things in the garden. I removed it. Thank you, Jesus. So, so when I leave and then they plant another, then you go back to the elements of submission and you're tormented by demons for 20 years because your auntie spoke a word on your auntie's grave, your father's grave. Let them speak all they want. Hallelujah, glory to God. Some of you who are not here before, I told a story twice, I think. He said one time there was this property I wanted to buy. And then there was a lady who had been there. She had two shrines. She was a well-known sorcerer. She did all manner of witchcraft. And then her whole village knew. And then the family owned this property, had given it to her to use it for some while. And then she put two shrines. And then they get to a place of selling it. First guy was given an offer. He got an accident. Another guy died. Another guy fell sick. And then they started to have a list of whoever was committed to buy that property, they would die. So they chased her off, but she told them, you will never sell it. So I reached this family. Then they tell me, oh, you know, we've looked at you, you young man. You love your God. We don't want your life to be destroyed early. This land belonged to this old woman. The woman looked at me and said, we look at you with pity. Please don't buy this property because, you know, your life could be destroyed. And I said, aha, I used it as a bargaining tool. You understand? So I told them, uh, I know, even me, I know those things you're telling me. Yeah, that's why I'm even offering this money because 
I mean, I don't want to buy. Yeah, why are you selling me things that have witchcraft in them? I'm going to pay you this much. It was their problem. The fear of men brings a snare. If you're playing the game, I play along and make some money out of that. I'm telling you, one time there was a church member here. They took me to their home. The father had witchcraft and what? So I reached there and as, as separating the witchcraft, I saw money. I said, Shapa Paradego. Put that man on the side. Put that man on the side. Just put it there. I know what to do with it. They can't even come close to the witchcraft. Me, I have landed on money. Oh, ho, 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 Praise God. So I put the money on the side. Oh, we don't want it. We don't even want it to come near us. I said, don't worry. I'll take it in my car. Somebody shout fire. So I burnt the stuff and ate my dime. And I'm still alive. Strong in the Lord. Because I know that to us there is only one God. So let me finish this story. So I give them my price. And then this old woman said, why don't you just give this thing? We are tired. Sweet, they might even bury us. So I gave them the money, took over the land, and then this woman comes a few days later and stands on that property, calls the border guys that were around and the lady who is next and said, who bought this land? Because we're grading and clearing. Says, oh, some young man, tell him I said, you will not walk again. She walked away. Everybody feared couple of days later, I came. Oh, oh, my son. This lady who is next. They have said that you're not going to walk. The lady came here. And this border guy said, oh, this is the man. Eh? You are gone. So I used it as a platform. I told them, okay, send my information to her that she will not walk again. <laughs> fire for fire. <laughs> I didn't pray, I didn't fast, I didn't go back in the evening to undress myself, simanya remove, take away every word, everything that woman might be doing, that spirit that she's sending, I come against you in the spiritual realm, the princess of the air, I address you, fire, I just said, tell her she will not walk again. I slept, ate my pork, lived happy, I'm trying to explain to you where you should live. Two weeks later, they come and tell me, sir, the woman wants to meet you. She can't walk. I told her, the lady, tell her I'm busy. But if she wants to be released, let her receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior. You started it. What do you expect? She never walked. And I gave her the condition, receive the Lordship of Jesus. That's where we live. But some of you, they just say, Gwai! and then you start to... 
Greater is he which is in you than he which is in the world. I don't fear witchcraft. You know, if you have things you fear in your family, just get a day and book an appointment and bring and I burn. Hallelujah, glory to God. Glory to God. So I learned to teach men to live above. That whether it's in the ground, in the sky, under their shoe, in the chair, it's of no consequence. <laughs> Hallelujah, glory to God. Glory to God. So let's go back to Eliphaz. So Eliphaz, with this spirit that he sees, is trembled, and then in his thoughts and heart, everything is arrested to believe what he's seeing. And the scriptures tell us in 16, he could not discern the appearance. A form was before his eyes, there was silence. He had a voice and the voice said, can mortal man be just before God or be right than he is? Can a man be pure before his maker or be cleansed than he is? Even his heavenly servants, he puts no trust or confidence. As individuals, he charges with folly and error. How much more those who dwell in the houses of bodies of clay, whose foundations are in the dust, who are crushed like the moth. So he's trying to explain what this being told him. But when we study what this being said, against scripture and truth, we realize that this being was a fallen angel that appeared to Eliphaz to give him divine, quote and unquote, counsel. This was a demon spirit. And I'm going to show you a few things scripturally. Number one, if you recall, if we go back to verses 14, fear came upon me and trembling which made all my bones shake. And then a spirit before my face, the hair of my flesh stood. This is a man who is scared out of his skin. The spirit stands still. He cannot discern the appearance of it. And then when he sees Eliphaz at his most scared state, he starts to speak. Can a mortal man be just before God? He starts to deliver the word. At his most scared space. When we go back into scripture and see whenever God sent an angel, let me give us an example in Daniel chapter 10 verses 4. Daniel has an encounter with an angel from God in the 4 and 20th day of the first month as he was by the side of the great river which is Hiddekel. Then he lifts up his eyes and looked and behold a certain man clothed in linen whose loins were guarded with the fine gold of Uphaz and his body also was like the burial and his face as the appearance of lightning and his eyes as lamps of fire and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass and the voice of his words like the voice of a multitude. And he says, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision for the men that were with me saw the vision, but a great quaking fell upon them. So they fled to hide themselves. Therefore, I was left alone. Are you seeing that? And saw this great vision and there remained no strength in me. Like had happened to Eliphaz for my comeliness was turned into corruption and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, there was I in deep sleep and my face on my face and my face toward the ground and behold a hand touched me in his fear set me upon my knees and upon the palms of my hands and he said to me oh Daniel a man greatly beloved you see the expression here a man greatly beloved understand the words that I speak unto thee and stand upright he's saying don't stay on the ground with fear stand upright he says, for unto thee I'm now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling and he said to me, fear not, Daniel. 
Because that's the first thing God tames where he is. Where God is, there's no fear. He tells him, fear not Daniel. Hold your peace. Remember when the angel comes to Mary? Fear not. First thing. Woo! Don't fear. I'm sent for you. Not against you. We have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But a spirit of power, love and sound mind. You remember this thing that comes to Eliphaz? When he's most scared, can a man stand to be just before God? You see, it continues its intimidation when it is speaking. That spirit was not from God. And neither does anybody speak by the spirit and threaten or create fear in you. I tell people one of the things that has preserved my ministry, oh, people have seen in the spirit. Oh, people have seen things on me in the spirit. But this is what I do. The moment I sense anything that creates fear in my spirit, I've already put a full stop to it in my spirit. In my head, I will not show it, but I already know what to do. Because me, wherever fear is, God is not speaking. The voice of love is inviting. And it must come the spirit of a man before God speaks because he is love. Love does not exist where fear is. That's what the Bible says. He says there is no fear in love. That's what the Bible says. There is no fear in love. And perfect love casteth out all fear. So when the angel that comes from the God of love appears, first thing he says, don't fear. Because that's what love does. Are you following what I'm saying? But in this instance, it sees a man scared out of his skin. And then it starts instructing. But how would you design if you were Job? Present day 2022. How many people have read this, but perhaps had never understood that this was a fallen angel that was speaking to Job? And remember, Eliphaz is speaking from conviction. Again, the godly face. I'm the godly voice. Are you following what I'm saying? And let's continue. Another point here. This spirit is insinuating that everything happening to Job must have been by some sort of sin because it's implying that everybody who suffers has done something wrong, which is also not of God. Luke 13, verses 1, if you read the message version of it. The story is given of the Galileans Pilate had killed while they were at worship, mixing their blood with the blood of sacrifices on the altar. Hey, people can be wicked. You find people who are praying, you kill them, and then get their blood and mix it with the blood of the other sacrifices on the altar. And then some people, when they saw that, they concluded, that means those people who were praying must have been what? Evil. How can they be killed? You know, Zippo, one time a young lady had a miscarriage. And then we went through prayer and counseling. She had struggled even in childbearing. Prayed with her. So anyway, she had this miscarriage. And then she tells her pastor. And then this man next Sunday preaches. How can you be born again? And you have a miscarriage. Next Sunday. Next Sunday. How insensitive some men can be. This woman is grieving of the loss of her child. Next Sunday, how insensitive can we be? He preaches a sermon that you can't be born again and have a miscarriage. Dear girl, 
was broken and crushed. But I know what was speaking on this man. He forgets that his mother was barren, Rachel. Sarah was barren. He forgets that the matriarchs of the gospel even struggled to give birth. He forgets that not all women who have given birth well are actually righteous. Such foolishness. You're breaking a woman's heart. You mean all the women who give birth are born again? Is that a standard you're using to justify whether somebody's born again or not, or whether they believe in God or they're not believers? This is how some of us think. Even the righteous go through suffering. They mean that they're wrong. We have gone through things and we also find ourselves in places where we're spoken of things we don't even have clues about. It doesn't mean that because somebody has spoken, therefore we are wrong. We no smoke without fire. Where did you get that? With a Bible that has fire that is not consuming. Are you following what I'm saying? Judge every spirit. This man thought he was delivering a, a spiritual word, a godly word. He wasn't. He wasn't because it's not true. A woman can live her life without a child and still be righteous. Are you following what I'm saying? So it was the same with thing with these mad people in the Galileans. They stopped the worker and said, these guys must have sinned. By the time they kill you when you're praying, mm -mm, so God is speaking. Speaking what? Jesus tells them, do you think those murdered Galileans were worse sinners than all the Galileans? Are you following what I'm saying? Are they worse sinners? Next verse. Not at all, he said. Not at all. That means there were righteous people in there too that were killed. Unless you turn to God, he tells them, you two will die. And then he gives an example of 18 people that had crushed, been hit by a building in Jerusalem one day, Siloam. And the ones crushed were killed at the Tower of Siloam, collapsed and fell. The, the tower collapsed and fell on them and they were killed. And then he asks, do you think they were worse citizens than all Jerusalemites? Oh, we heard recently that a man of God's building fell. Oh, because that building fell, that man must be against God. He must be rebellious. There must be people in that church. The people must have been wicked. Foolish. The Bible says a fool says no to God. That's why I say you're foolish. I'm not abusing you. I'm telling you truth. How come he's not crushing the people who are releasing pornographic movies in California? How come buildings are not falling on them? Are these ones more wicked than the other ones? Come on. Don't think that every calamity that befalls a person, therefore they must have done something to God. Some of them is just a journey of God perfecting his work. And the preparation story that you have interrupted in chapter two, yet it had 12 chapters and it ends well. Hallelujah, glory to God. But look at what this fellow is saying. Job must have done some sort of sin. Otherwise, how can they say? People can say. People can say. Recently, I was summoned and a man of God said that I had three wives and they all sit in front in Fanero. Three. They sit here in front, somebody said. And I have three more children from my three wives and they sit in front in the Fanero service. And there's a person who believed it. But is it true? Do I have three wives? I have only one woman in my life. One. One. And I've kept my vows. And some mad crazy person is saying, I've married three. They are seated here. 
has happened. And if you find a Christian who is not a designer, hey, what am I suspected? Who <laughs> suspected what? Do you know almost all funeral members, eh? somebody once said that we've put a spell on all of you. Eh? That none of you is functioning by the Spirit. For them without fruit are the ones who are spiritual. You're not hearing God, only them are the ones who are hearing God. But it has happened, I've seen it. Another day somebody showed me a video once and there was this guy, his face can't be known because he fears me. <laughs> he can't come out in the face, he just has an audio. So the guy says, I went to hell and then I saw these ministries and then he mentioned Fenero and then he mentioned five other ministries. And all the ministries he mentioned were the biggest ministries in Africa. Common sense, common sense. Common sense. So you mean Satan only works with the biggest and the smallest? That's God. Do you understand? Common sense. So I said, no, let me meet the young man. Bring him for me. And then he looks at me straight in the eye. The guy has refused to meet me. He let him restore me too. You get where I'm coming from? He can't. He can't. He can't. Because, you know, fire. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? They say this woman is a thief. And then you just run with that. Is that the spirit? Is spirit talking to you? Is it of God? This person, how many souls have they won? This person talking to you. How many people have come to Jesus by his testimony? How many people have been healed and transformed by his testimony? None. Is that? I'm helping somebody. I am helping somebody. Don't believe. Fast. Discern. Because now even Satan can send someone and say, go to earth and say that this is my agent. And the moment he comes and says it, it is supposed to be so. If it hear not, why would he not? Even Jesus was Beelzebub. Did you hear Jesus going to look for guys? Why do you call me Beelzebub? No. Because he doesn't change who he is. Do you understand what I'm saying? He doesn't change who he is. Gullible people. Gullible people. Gullible people. Oh, he gives us watches. Listen, you have a light of God in you. And somebody gives you a gift and it takes God out of you. And then the devil enters you. Anang, how do we understand God? Somebody says, I recruit by watches. How many people have I given watches? How many? Design the spirits. He said you'll know them by their fruit. Not their words. Fruit is important. Fruit is important. Are you following what I'm saying? So, you see Eliphaz here. In fact, the third thing I see. You see the spirit of Eliphaz seeking to accuse. Because Revelation 10 tells us the father of all accusations. The Bible calls him Satan, which accused them before our God day and night. Because every accusing spirit is, is demonic. I'm telling you truth. Love doesn't. Even in the most fallen sense. The Bible says love believes all things. It believes all things. That means it tries to restore the fallen. Don't accuse. Be on the place of hoping all things enduring and praying for that sister and brother until they are transformed. 
The spirit of Christ is not an accusing spirit. It's a redeeming spirit. Instead of saying, oh, this woman, she sleeps around. Restore her. Pray for her. Reach out to her and make sure that you save her life. What have your accusations helped her? What have they helped her become? Are you following what I'm saying? You cannot go out of the way of the truth. Design for yourself. Nobody should tell you what, not even your pastor, your spirit and the word of God should be your designer. Number one, before we also come in to give our opinions, even if we are the deepest prophets in the world, because I've seen prophets who have also spoken from their own mind and destroyed people. One prophet came and told me about one of our own pastors and told me that he was sent to hell to break Fanero. Imagine. And this guy was an accurate prophet in town. I mean, stay away from that guy. He's an agent from the devil. Eh. So I asked him also the question of scripture. I said, but man of God. So darkness has come into Fanero to destroy light. No, that's not what I'm saying, but uh, you have to be wise. I said, okay, so you mean by the time I related with him, I was unwise. So you're educating me about wisdom. This very man of God, his ministry has broken. Let me use the word broken. And Fanera is still going upward. The one he was saying is what? Is unwise. If I was carnal, I was going to break a wonderful man. I was going to break an innocent man. Do you understand what I'm saying? Discernment. This is what the leafers could not see. So his spirit started working through him. And if Job had believed the leafers, trust me, the destiny of Job would have been changed. Because that's how life is. It can change. Wait to make decisions. Pray through them. God will always reveal himself to you. Oh, I dreamt that this person is doing this to me. So, that means they are. Do you understand what I'm saying? That means they are. No. Some of you have dreamt men who have not married you. Meaning your dream was not true. You've dreamt women who married other men. Some of you have dreamt even married women. Does that mean that she's your wife? Fire. Do you understand what I'm saying? Design every spirit. Some of you, but I dreamt this woman slapping me. And sometimes the person you're dreaming is one of the most innocent people who could never lay a hand on you. And then you start carrying your anger. I'm not going to answer her messages. She slapped me in my dream. You're sick. So, you're just a small dream away from breaking a relationship because you cannot discern beyond what you dream to scripture. Are you following what I'm saying? Are you led by the spirit or by your dreams? We need to help people. I said we need to help some people. I'm helping some individuals. Be led by the spirit. If I dreamt that one of my pastors is abusing me, I would know where that dream is coming from. Because that's not who they are. I would say, no devil, you're lying, go. And that's it. That's how I've kept this ministry. Somebody shout hallelujah. And this now will go into ministers, as the Bible says in Timothy, as I finish, that the Spirit speaks expressly that in the last days men shall give 
into seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. They'll walk away from the faith. So a man sits to be inspired by God and another spirit sits on him and then he teaches the church. Are you following what I'm saying? So it is also true that people speak under seducing spirits. Yes, because he thrives on lust. In this instance, they were forbidding people to marry and teaching them to abstain from certain meats. <laughs> meats? The Bible says, which God has blessed for what? For them which believe to just give thanks. <laughs> meats? Somebody said meats. I told people once I was watching TBN and this wonderful man of God brings this doctor who was teaching people what to eat and how not to eat. And interestingly, in the topic, he was teaching about how to eat and keep a healthy heart. That's what this doctor was teaching. And the man of God had hosted him. And this man of God, for all his years of ministry, in about a few months, he had written a book on health living and how to keep your heart healthy. A few weeks from that book, he got a stroke. He had a tongue. And I could feel it why he got that heart attack. Because that's not where God had called him to do. This doctor was teaching people not to eat chicken. Hey! There are people who are born eating chicken and meat. I know a man who the doctors told me, if you want to live, you have to leave meat. And the man said, unless you want me to die. <laughs> unless you want me to die. I can't leave meat. And I understand. Now, doctors are like, now, pastor, trust me, this is science. Now, doctor, trust me, this is the Bible. Do yours, I'll do mine. Listen. Listen. There is a power that keeps you. Don't ever forsake that mercy by observing lying vanities. I'm not saying put everything in your body. You know some of you, eh? you're like a dustbin. You throw everything there. No, this is a temple. This is a temple. So I'm not saying eat recklessly. Get oil and <laughs> greater is he who is it be than is in the world. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm also saying don't let the devil belittle you to a place of eating like a rabbit. Somebody shout hallelujah. Even God asked for animal sacrifices. Who is your father? Some of you, you eat like rabbits. You just, you eat like cows and rabbits. You eat like rabbits every day. Good. Vegetable, 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 vegetable. No meat. Vegetable, vegetable. Meats given for thanksgiving. But he said to them that believe, 
and know the truth. These are not for people who don't believe or who don't know the truth. Know the truth, you eat your pork. Know the truth, you eat your chicken. But my problem is eating a whole bucket of KFC. Some of you, one time we were playing basketball with the boys and the guy said, ah, me after basketball, I first eat a whole chicken. I looked at this guy and said, Gwe. And the guy told me, no, it's small, Papa. I actually can eat two. Are you? <laughs> eh, my son can eat two chickens. Ah, ah, that is too much. Protect your temple. Praise the Lord. Don't overindulge. Eat what's enough for you. Just eat what's enough. You people, you know human beings eat more than we're supposed to eat. Hey, I'm also preaching to someone. Some of you, every time, even in church, you have something you're You can't live without eating. If somebody checked your bag, you have daddies. No, <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, no. Somebody shout hallelujah. When you know the truth and you're a believer, you know how to design things. You know how to design things. You say, what does the word say? They receive it with thanksgiving because they believe and know the truth. I get my plate of pork and I say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I put it in my body and I'm not sick. Praise the Lord. We are going into deeper places in God. And chances are that even the madness in the world will increase. That we have no control over or concern. Are you following? And neither should we waste time on where God has not spoken. But be careful. Be careful. Be a designer of everything you read and see. Read, walk, and just be a designer. Why? Because this might be the difference between life and death, progress and regress success and failure. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Design for yourself every step of your way. Your careers, design. Your marital decisions, design. Who to marry, design. Where to live, design. Press through it until you hear God, until you hear your spirit agree with the word of God. Paul says, my spirit bears witness with the Holy Spirit. Get to that point where the word is agreeable and then make decisions you will live a life of success every day. Speak to God. Speak to God. Father, help me to be a designer of truth. Help me to be a designer of your will. Help me to be a designer with understanding that I might walk the course that I must walk in the mighty name of Jesus. And I pray for every man and woman at the sound of my voice that this word today comes as a seed in our hearts to help us test the spirits and that we will never go in the places we're not supposed to go or destroy our lives and destinies. Father, we thank you because your word is hard and it has cleansed us. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're sick in your body, put up your hands right now in the name of Jesus. You spirit of darkness.
Get out! Lose, 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 lose. In the name of Jesus, you spirit of infirmity and disease. Get out! In the name of Jesus. Get out, get out, get out, get out. In Jesus' name. Give the Lord a melody of praise. Bone issues touch where they're painting. I feel God healing bones right now in the name of Jesus. You spirit of darkness. Go! And never should you come back again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. If you have never given your life to Christ, if you say I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, say I thank you because you died for my sins and you were raised for my glory. Say it. Today, I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number plus 256-200-999-400 or email us at info at You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Follow us on our social media platforms on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Fenero Ministries International. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at the Uma Upper Gardens from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. and for our Sunday services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. at the Uma Multipurpose Hall. Fenero, make manifest.